Hello, and welcome to Dice Don't Die, a Pathfinder 2nd Edition podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Dice Don't Die's Deep Dive, and a brand new year! We survived another one, folks. And tonight... Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is highly, highly contestable if I am still in the mortal plane. <laughs> we're, we're dragging along, limping into the new year. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, tonight we're going to go over our favorite releases from the last year. So let's get ready for the Pathfinder 2021 Roundup. I'm Chad, and tonight I'm talking with, as usual, Beth. Hello! David. Hello. And Sarah. Howdy! But before we go through that review, we've got a little bit of a different review coming up. Beth? I want to hear how 2021 was for you all. I want to hear a little bit of a personal review for the year that just passed. That's the nicest thing I can say about it. No, that's not true. I actually had a pretty good year. Speaking on personal terms, I got a new house. It's the first time I've ever owned a house. What up? I feel really great about it. I like my house. I feel closer to some of my friends and family than I have in a really long time. We had to find new ways to communicate, and it's been working for us. So, loving that. And uh, I, I think I'm so used to being disappointed in certain people now, like in terms of public figures, mm-hmm. that I just kind of expect them to say dumb stuff, and I'm learning to ignore it. And isn't that just a life lesson? Yeah, that's all I got. What about you guys? Uh, Well, Beth bought a house this year, and I'm really excited (laughs) for her about that. (laughs) Uh, I actually did move apartments, so that was a little bit exciting. I now have another room. uh, So I don't have to work from home three feet from where I sleep from home. So that's nice. Probably the most exciting thing I did this year was I flew to L.A. uh, and I got to see BTS live in concert. So it was actually like a really last minute invite from one of my friends. But I'm super glad that I got to go. Uh, And it was sort of right before all of the holiday stuff and then Omicron happened. So like kind of feels like a fever dream in the fact that like everything was like pretty bad and then we had this one window where it was okay to see them and now everything's bad again so yeah absolutely it was amazing that's an amazing time all around so 2021 was a bit of a mixed bag over here for us but uh you know i mean uh, my wife's side of the family has had several deaths so that has not been fun uh, that has been mostly the the negative side uh because for the rest of it i got a new job uh i Yay! also got a new house so uh, uh, 
she, like, it's working out now, sort of. Oh, I was just going to add, uh, Chad also got a new house, and I'm really excited for him to <laughs> have a new house. Just sort of add on to my previous statement. <laughs> Sorry. I was It was rude of me to forget that, but I didn't want to steal your thunder, so he's... <laughs> I was gonna say, man, I think we actually managed to not get a new pet last year. And then I was like, oh wait, no, we got like three new fish and they just kept <laughs> dying. And I'm like, uh, nope, couldn't even get through that goal. Uh, but yeah, that was uh that was pretty much my year. David? Uh yeah. I'm 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 trying to sum up twenty twenty one and it's just like just like uh, emotionally the just everything. I just, I just want to give a long, like, 10-second long oof. Um, but Seems right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I thought we were turning things around over the summer. Mm-hmm. And, like, we got out and did some stuff. I, you know, I went to a new, to a, a new gaming cafe thing and had a heck of a time. And, That's and right. Then, and then Delta happened. Which at the time was like, wow, that's that's awful. How could it get any worse than this? Mm-hmm. So you're the one who did it. Damn it, David! Come on. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But you know, I'm able to work from home the whole time, so it's that's. I got that going for me. Hey, I have a lot of. Uh relatives in my life who don't have that option and have had to stay in very dangerous jobs mm-hmm. for now almost two years as we've been dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad works in food production at a, um, a factory. You can't stay home for that one. I think in the entire time he only got like two weeks off paid leave. So it's rough. Jeez. I, I saw a meme uh, the other day that sums up like my feelings going into the end of this, just like the last few weeks. And uh, it's like, man, going in, going into this thing for two years and still not getting COVID is kind of like you're in, you're in a really, really big uh, dodgeball game in middle school <laughs> and you're standing in the back, but dang, that front oh. line's thinning out. <laughs> Yeah. Real scared. Dude, I I actually feel that probably too hard. In terms of, I don't know, kind of kind of what what I've just been doing free time on my own or whatever. I I had been th- thinking about getting a Steam Link like way back when they were originally making them and selling them. And I finally uh bought one off eBay a few months ago. Mm. And it's yeah. like one of the best choices I've made because now you I like can, it. I I love it. I can play my games that like I haven't been able to since I I have kids. I I don't know if I've said that before. I have two kids, and you know you got to be like a parent most of the time. <laughs> what do you? And it's and it's easier to do that. If you're like upstairs where they are and not in the basement where my computer is and like a lot of my computer games were. So now I'm like, I've, I've been getting back into games that I hadn't, you know, even touched for like 
five or six years just because I hadn't been able to. Hey. Hey, what? Does that, does uh, Wrath of the Righteous work on Link? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, like, yeah. you, you can you can attempt to play anything. Uh, the big factor is what what are you using for a controller? You can do a wireless mouse and keyboard, or you can use like you know an Xbox or I, I use a Wii Pro, uh, a Switch Pro controller. Um, mm, but you know, I love a Switch Pro controller. It you know it it depends on the game and you know if if you got to have like forty button binds for all your spells, you're not really going to get that out of a <laughs> controller. I don't know. I know people who I know people who play Final Fantasy fourteen, the MMO. On controller. I know two of them. They're crazy people. Hi, if you're listening. So there are listeners. Oh, they love it. (laughs) Yeah, actually, they are. (laughs) Uh, My friends, Emily and Dustin, they're great. Uh, They're crazy for playing an MMO with controllers. Talking about year in review, I guess I should probably, because I haven't loaded up Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous this year. So in 2021, I played that game 178 hours. I think I played maybe eight hours. That's actually not that bad, Beth. Hey, considering that my husband played 500 hours, yeah. No, I know. I would like to say that I was looking at my Nintendo Switch end of year, you know, Spotify wrapped situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played more Animal Crossing last year then I played total Switch games this year. Oh, wow. So, I don't know what that says but, about me, but it says something. Bet your island's full of weeds now. Oh, for, for sure. <laughs> All of my people have moved out. They do not want to live there anymore. It is weed central and not in the fun way. <laughs> <laughs> Where I thought oh, this man. conversation was going. That's really funny. You know what? I'm really happy for you, David. Does that have any like VR stuff attached to it? I know literally nothing about it. Uh, you can stream the image if, or the video feed, um, if you're playing through Steam VR. But that's about it. Ah, okay. Super awesome. Do your kids use it at all? Uh, no, no, they don't really have anything um, like on my computer that they would want to use. Well. Okay, I take that back. So, uh, my daughter and I will play Who's Your Daddy. I think I, I think I've mentioned that one before specifically. Um, and since I don't I, remember what is that game. You've talked to me about that a lot. Never heard of this game. Uh, so it's it's there's different modes, but essentially it's a two player game. One of you is a, a baby. Mm-hmm. The other one is the dad. And as the dad, you are trying to keep the baby alive. And as the baby, you are trying to kill yourself. <laughs> yep. Okay. And you and your daughter play this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we've been playing this together, you know, off and on for a few years now. Listen, if you simulate it, you don't have to do it in real life, you know? Fair. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've seen that version of the game. I've seen one where it's like you're a child and you're trying to kill your grandma for some reason, and she's also trying to kill you right back. Oh, that's that's different. Yeah, 
Yeah. I'm sorry, are you talking about famous Christmas song, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Yes, you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I can't believe yeah. they made a game adaptation of that. Oh, there's a Roblox game for everything. Beth, it's okay, it's not real. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but since I have the Steam Link hook up to the thing upstairs, uh, I can just play on that. And then she sits there on her laptop and plays it so we can all play right there in the living room and my other son who's too young to do either of those can just watch both screens and have a blast awesome that's some wholesome fun right there yeah daughter trying to uh keep you alive as you play a baby Mm -hmm. i'm sure you switch around sometimes you're the baby sometimes you're not oh yeah yeah you switch off every round wholesome fun some sometimes we're like okay i'm not gonna hurt myself this time and other times it's like, okay, let's let's try to hop in the wood chipper. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, oh a real a real <laughs> I was about to say Chip and Dale versus Evil, and I was like, those are not the right names. Those oh. are not <laughs> Not the same thing, Sarah. Nah, you can't though <laughs> I, I wanna see it no. I think it would be a viable remake, honestly. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> also, I guess it depends on which Chip and Dale we're talking. Okay, <laughs> let's. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're moving on to Our Disney Chip 2021 and Dale. releases. Let's talk about our favorites of all the things that came out this year. Well, I say all the things. I do want to preface this list does not include individual adventures, pocketbook editions. And tabletop resources. So by tabletop resources, I mean like pawns that come out, flip books, uh, spell cards, stuff like that. We don't really review those on the podcast, so we're not really going to sort of talk about them. However, we have included the two adventure paths that came out. So that's, uh, or three, excuse me. Abomination Vaults, Fist of the Ruby Phoenix, and Strength of Thousands. And then all of the core books, as well as the Lost Omen guides. So let's take them by category first and just briefly talk about them. Mostly because, let's do adventures first, since I just listed them off. All of us have experience with Fist of the Ruby Phoenix now. We are halfway through the first book. None of us have played Abomination Vaults. And then David and I actually have experience with... Strength of Thousands, as we actually just finished the first book of that uh, last Thursday. So we're going to be starting book two this week. So with that in mind, what do you guys have to think about the releases this year of Adventure Pads? I like ours the best. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm biased because we're playing it, but... Of course. So Abomination Vaults is kind of neat. I will say this, this is the first time that we've seen Paizo release a 1 through 10 adventure, and then a 10 through 20. So this is the first, or 11 through 20. So this is the first time we've kind of seen them do uh, three books instead of a full six. And that's kind of neat, right? Abomination Vaults seems cool. It's a dungeon delve with a town outside. Fist of the Ruby Phoenix will probably do 
a more thorough review once we're done with it. But I would just say only play that if you're really into fighting. Because <laughs> it's a fighting game. No. You didn't warn us. You know, maybe I didn't. You didn't warn us about how closely related it is to, like, the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh!, why? Why didn't you tell us about this? Ugh. Fist of the Ruby Phoenix is is just Yu-Gi-Oh! simulator. Pretty much. It's every anime trope of, well, dang, let's have a tournament. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Which, like, honestly, I love. Yep. Right? Because there's a reason that people do tournament arcs. And it's because they're great. And people love to see them. So, as as much as we sort of joke about it being Yu-Gi-Oh! Pathfinder edition, like, it's super fun. You get to fight different, you know, people with yeah. abilities and groups of people, and I, I'm enjoying it a lot so far. So, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm excited to get back to our session next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of sad that we only play once every two weeks. Like that's mm. rough. I'm I'm really enjoying the uh you know, even just so far halfway into the first book, the uh like how much of the teams that we fight vary and sort of seeing how those teams work together. Even even if it is sort of through, you know, ju- just how your GM is is playing them. But it it's it's interesting to see. I'm not the most combat-oriented GM, I will say that. But I have tried, I'm not going to say I'm good at it, but I have tried really hard to like look up the tactics for each one of these people beforehand and kind of plot how a fight will go. And every time, let me tell you, it never goes the way I think it is. Uh, which has been interesting. Love that for us, actually. <laughs> yeah. You guys have some interesting tactics. It's a good group, though. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's an evil group, but it's a good group. We haven't been um, that evil yet. We us. really haven't. No. <laughs> We've been very kind for evil people. I don't know if well, kind neutral. <laughs> We've been... You've been... Yeah. Right now we're we're confined by rules. So we are You're only confined being... by the Yu-Gi-Oh format. Yes. Yeah. We can only be so evil. We can't show or else they're just gonna kick us American off the side. island. Uh I will say my favorite part of Strength of Thousands is the free archetype rules. And I think after uh, whatever game I start next, I'm going to implement the free archetype variant rule, which is really neat. And I've been, I, I feel like you get a more well-balanced character. So how does it work exactly? At level two, mm-hmm. you pick an archetype. Um, actually, this will be in the description of the episode, um, but I posted a link to this in the um, Discord. Mm-hmm. But you would get at at second level and every even numbered level after that, you would get an a archetype feat. 
So you could pick for strength of thousands. It was limited. So rules as written, it was mm. limited to druid or wizard only. I expanded that to anything that would give you arcane or a, uh, not a cult, uh, primal. primal. Yeah, anything that would give you arcane or primal spell spell casting, then you would take a free archetype. So just it's an extra feat that you just get for free. It's part of character creation, starting at second level. Does that make it's free multi-powered? I really haven't seen that. It actually makes them more well-rounded. I'm sure that there are min maxers out there who mm-hmm. could really take advantage of it. But what I'm seeing is classes that maybe didn't have access to arcane spells. Now they get some basic ones to kind of balance everything out. Maybe it's so that your wizard doesn't die because they only have six HP, you know? I mean, it'd be 12 because you get it at second level, but you know what I mean. I think it's a really cool addition, and I'm really enjoying playing with it. Like, a lot, actually. But we're only level four, so. Um, I like the way, I, I don't know if it's specific to how it's done for the Strength of Thousands, or whether it's more general for the Free Archetype variant. Um, but I like how they how like you take that archetype at second level and all of those extra feats you get, like you have to pour into that into that archetype. You can't okay, you can't just suddenly start taking, you know, four other archetypes as you as you go throughout the, the yeah. uh, rest of the campaign. And I think that's that's gonna be one of those things that um, uh, keeps a lid on all the min-maxing that people would try to do. I agree. That's that's absolutely fair. So, that kind of wraps up our thoughts on the adventure paths. We have uh, a few Lost Omens books that came out. So we had the Ancestry Guide, Mwangi Expanse, uh, the Grand Bazaar, uh, Absalom, City of Lost Omens, and Monsters of Myth. Now, I know we haven't done like deep dives on all of these. We did do one on the Ancestry Guide. Mm. Um, but of those lists, are there any that you guys want to call out? Definitely the Ancestry Guide. Because, I mean, it sucks that, you know, hey, we already did a big episode on it. But, yeah, there's a reason. I love all these options. I love it. <laughs> there are two that generally stand out for me. One, because I absolutely love this one ancestry, which is the Kitsune is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot the of other one is because I absolutely hate staring at its art, but fucking freaking love that it's in the world at all is the flesh warps. Those horrible, oh. nasty things. Hate them so much, but love that they exist. I, I I I'm I'm glad that they didn't choose maybe some of the worse worse uh, art to put in there for the flesh warps. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, there's there's some nasty looking ones in there, but I'm sure, absolutely certain, Paizo could have come up with worse to put in there. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie; they are some interesting photos. 
hard to look at. Or, or, or art. <laughs> no, photos, no, no. they're real. They are. <laughs> they're real, Chad. Well, I'm going to go throw up now. Goodbye. <laughs> um, that seems reasonable. <laughs> but I, as, as much as I'm like, talking about the flesh warps, the kitsune is... For one thing, I, I love foxes. They're adorable. Uh, but like, just having a character that has an ability to just transform back and forth between fox humanoid and humanoid, and then God, their ultimate ability is just lets them turn into like a Firefox. I love a browser. That. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing that went through my head too, and I was like, "Oh no, it's already out." I'm just gonna keep moving. Copyright strike. <laughs> Also, I love that if you're, I, th- I think it's a, a snow kitsune of some sort, um, you can actually use that ultimate ability to instead turn into like a snowy fox. And so you just like, whenever you That's like horrible. shake your fur, just little bits of snow, just poof. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Frozen three right that's, there. Yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my thing. That's what I love. Love you kitsunes. I'm probably saying it wrong, but I love it. Hey, that's no, okay. That's how I, I say think, it. I think you're good. I don't Kitsune. Know. Huh. Ryan's corrected me before. I don't remember which one it was. Who knows? I am like 95% sure it's Kitsune. Okay. I'm going to go with it. Oh, geez. Uh, I think I'm going to have to pick Monsters of Myth. Now, I know this book kind of just came out, right? Like, this has been only out for, like, a little less than a month. I got this book in the mail. I opened that package up, and I just held it for a little bit. Because the cover is so good. But the... So the the entire concept, if you haven't looked into Monsters of Myth... It's like a small bestiary mm-hmm. for super rare monsters, right? Like, these are tales. Like, yes, they, you can put them in your game, obviously, but they're mostly, like, the history and the cultures that talk about these creatures, and there's always background to it. And then you get to the stat block, of course. Like, all I think all of the creatures in there do have a stat block. But before you even get there, there's a story, there's a myth, there's a legend, there's context, right? Because it's a Lost Omens book, so it's a a setting guide. And it is honestly something that, like, I I just love to sit down and read before bed. I really love it. I, when I moved, as as Sarah, you know, mentioned, I got a new house. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, when I moved, yeah, I purged a lot of books because I mostly do PDFs, and I could not purge any uh, bestiaries uh, or monster manuals. Like I purged most of my three point five D and D collection. I sold. I ended up donating it. I say I sold it, but I didn't. I I donated it to. Uh, a local um, game store, not a game store, game parlor, whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. The bar 
game. I'm an old person. On a pint or something like that. Yeah, this one is a, a local one called the Reroll Tavern. Really love Reroll Tavern. Call out to anybody in the Kansas City area. Go to Reroll Tavern. They're amazing, and they're in the Northland. Great people. So I donated a bunch of games and some guides and stuff to them when I was moving. And I could not get rid of B-Series. Because one of my favorite things to do when my nieces were young was we would sit and we would flip through and look at them all together, right? And of course, I would talk about the abilities that they have because I was a GM. Like, that's what mm. I'm concerned about. But they would always want to know, well, where does it come from? Like, where does it live? And so we would make up stories about the Terrasqui or about the different dragons. And Monsters of Myth does that for you. It's literally the perfect book to like read with your kids you know especially if your kid is interested in fantasy at all you know you can talk about it and there of there is always a little blurb that talks about it so like one of the one of the very first monsters in there it, it there's like some quotes it was a terrifying beast covered in thick snowy fur and i just i love that kind of thing and of course as always, the art is on point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I have to pick Monsters of Myth. Please go pick it up. It, just the PDF alone. It's so worth it. Any more from the Lost Omens guide that you guys want to uh, talk about? Or should we move on? Now, I will say that doesn't mean that the Grand Bazaar, Mwangi Expanse, and Absalom aren't good books. Because they are, especially Milwaukee Expanse. But my pick of the year has to go to Monsters of Myth. So then our last category is the Corp Guides. And we got three, right? Three. Bestiary 3, Secrets of Magic, and Guns and Gears. So I think with this list, I'm just going to give the floor over to David. It's what he deserves. Yeah. Um... I mean, I, I, I raved a, a bunch in our episode on Secrets of Magic, but like that is uh, my favorite book for the year. Um, and uh, if you know, tie into my just really liking uh, everything to do with magic in this uh, in, in, in this world, uh, my, my favorite AP goes to that strength of thousands oh uh, really yeah yeah uh you know maybe it's maybe it's the group maybe it's the free archetype i don't know um but i'm i'm, in, I'm enjoying that really enjoying that uh but you know just all all the new spells and secrets of magic it's 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 so great uh you know i i couldn't i remember i couldn't stop talking uh, in in our episode, just just about all the all, all the cantrips, and you know, right right now, I want to I want to talk about how you know how cool Scatter Scree is, but you know, just open up for yourself. <laughs> it's 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 cool. Uh, you know it you know it it gave the divine spell class a couple of decent damage cantrips. They didn't have that before. So there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot in it. Mm -hmm. I like it 
quite a bit. I know I had some harsher criticisms in terms of the art design on this one. But honestly, the more that I've opened the actual book and read before bed, which tends to be my MO for these types of guides, especially right now as I'm, you know, rewriting and planning for so many, so many games that I'm running. I really, really like it. Uh, the piece of art that I think ca uh, kind of capsulates my love for the book is the structure of magic art. It's some of the very first art in the book, but it has like the four quadrants being arcane, occult, primal, and divine. And then it had like these intersecting lines that talk about, you know, mind and spirit, matter and life. And then all around that were these circles for each of the spells, or it's the types of magic. So ab abjuration, conjuration, and so on. And it's just a visual representation of how the world works. It, it's really cool. I really like it. I know that uh, one, uh, one one of the things that you had said is that you 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 didn't like some of the way it was organized and how there's little little like notes off to the side that kind of didn't make sense. But I I I kind of liked how the, how they were trying to go for just a like some portions of this book is just it's just papers we found. You know, mm -hmm. and they talk about magic, and we're just gonna we're gonna put them our, put them in there. They're also here, because what else are we gonna do? Uh, I did I didn't know how <laughs> to ex I did not know how to explain what this crazy guy was saying. <laughs> so here you go. Uh, I I kind of love the eclectic nature of that that kind of stuff. And it felt in universe, right? Like it was written from an any in Galarian perspective, so it's mm. literally canon for the world. Yeah. Like these research papers. And I thought that was cool. So I would have to say, I mean, I'd, I'd probably pick Bestiary 3. I know that that's a cop out a bit, but I think my favorite of the core line would have to be Bestiary 3. It had some really cool stuff in it. it, had some really awesome monsters. One of these days, we need to do an update to our creatures uh, episodes and talk about Bestiary 3. Uh, Maybe when they release a fourth one, we'll go over them all the, then. But I know that that sounds mean to Guns and Gears. It's a good book, but it's not my jam. Does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. not what I reach for. I reach for magic. I reach for research innovation versus... Like the inventor and the gunslinger and these technological advances, they're good, mm -hmm. but they're not my favorite. What about you, Sarah? What was your favorite release of the year? I don't think you've said yet. Uh, I haven't, mostly because I I feel like there's so much good stuff in like every different one. I I'm the person who like has hard opinions about things that that don't matter but if you give me like 17 options i'm like well i can find a good thing about each of these things you know to i have a hard time making up my mind about things so that's fair 
I bet character creation is fun for you. <laughs> it actually is because that's a time where I have so many options that I'm like, I can make literally whatever I want to. So like that that isn't I guess that's more opportunity to let my creativity like run wild and like have all of this different stuff uh versus like having to pick one specific idea. So anyway, my favorite release was the friends we made along the way the whole time. <laughs> I think this was a really good year for Paizo releases. I guess we will skip to the last thing that I was actually going to talk about, which was for Paizo the company now have a union. We have the first union of its kind. And that's amazing. Whoop. Like, so happy for them. I know it's so much work. My father-in-law was uh, in charge of the postal workers union in his area. And he would, like, go to those meetings all the time. My husband talks about it all the time, about how he was a kid going to these union meetings. And it's just really inspirational to see them care so deeply but know that they need this and just so excited really excited go follow them on twitter yeah unions <laughs> but other than that i mean just talking about not just paizo itself but that their releases it's been a great year and I feel like the developers have really, like, kind of let their imagination go crazy. We've gotten so many ancestries this year, and some really cool ones. If you haven't looked up the Poppet, play a Poppet right now. Now? Now! You should have made that character yesterday! Exactly! When One of these days, when I finally get to be a player versus a GM, I already have a concept. Like, I want to play a Poppet so bad. Oh, I just want to be a little doll who murders people so much. Incredible. A, great, a, a real Chucky situation. Yes. Yeah, please. I think the biggest question with that, though, is would you rather play a Leshy character with a Poppet familiar or a Poppet character with a Leshy familiar? I'm going to have to double down and say that I want to be a Poppet with a Poppet familiar. Wow. Is that slavery? <laughs> I mean, a familiar, yeah. <laughs> Either way. No, we're not touching that. It it no. sounds like slavery with a few extra steps. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> we are not even... It sounds almost like magically justified. Nope. Slavery. If you ever try to play that in my game, I'm kicking you out. If I ever try to play magically justified slavery in your games? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why would I do that? I don't want to own people. Ugh. Gonna go out on a limb here and say that might be an evil act. Yeah. Yeah. We got an evil campaign going right now. No, that is I, definitely evil. Uh, we do have evil people in our campaign. I am neutral, uh, but I also... I don't think that my character would like to own people either. I don't think that's her. Honestly, no. Be mostly because, like, 
No, because test results are skewed if you own the person. They have to participate in the research study under their own free will so that they can... Like, you can't coerce the answers out of people. Like, that's... This has gone to a weird place. <laughs> Could never have called this Oh my in a god, welcome years. to the podcast. Like, this is what we do. <laughs> you sound surprised as if this isn't what I do literally every episode. Uh, my character's a monk, so, you know, no earthly possessions. Perfect. And including people. other people. Oh my gosh, I hate this. <laughs> I legit hate this. Alright, we are moving on. Uh, I think 2021 was a mixed bag, as someone said earlier. Uh, b- both for, for Paizo and... Do we want to pick least favorite? Hmm... I don't want to get into it. I hadn't considered that. Now I gotta look back. Let's. I. No, I don't want to. I will say I will pick a least favorite. It still gets six out of ten. We'll give seven out of ten. Beth points. That's that's so high for a least favorite. Yeah, but it's very good. Uh, And we'll say that's abomination vaults, and I'm just not. It's just okay. It's fine. I haven't finished reading the Absalom City of Omens yet, so maybe that one will take it. It's pretty good so far, though. I haven't finished... I haven't finished that, and I haven't finished completely reading through Guns and Gears. Guys, I'm a fake gamer. Sorry. I've read all of the other books, but those two just haven't made it all the way through yet. I think we'll forgive you at some point. At some point, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe not immediately, but... Sure, it'll take time, I understand. You know what? Uh, give us all, you know, a whole bunch of gold in our next session, I think we'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know, know how, what? how to... Let us survive the current fight that we're in. I think we'll forgive you. Uh, yeah, I'm making no promises about that, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely not. If you're going to survive, it's going to be on your own merits. I sit here and say as if I've never fudged rolls before. Right. (laughs) Is that why we almost died last time? No, that was your own free will. (laughs) Just saying. So with 2021 behind us, for ill or for good, uh, it's time to look forward to 2022. So I thought I would go down each of the releases as they're scheduled to release. So a little bit different than we did the other ones. And we'll just kind of briefly talk about them. So the first one, and it's in the mail, I got, I think I got, a shipping notification. Mm, Maybe not. Maybe I'm lying. Quest for the Frozen Flame. Quest for the Frozen Flame is another three-book adventure, one through ten. The player's guide is out right now. All based in... uh, around the Mammoth Lords, which sounds fun. I've wanted to learn about the Mammoth Lords. That actually sounds interesting. Yeah, the stuff releasing this year is some of the stuff that I really need to read up on. We're talking about it in a little bit, but... This year is definitely a weakness in my lore knowledge. So, 
Frozen Flame just sounds very tropey to me. Yeah. Irony. Oh, I keep c- trying to say Quest for the cr- Frozen Throne from World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I keep trying to say that, and it's like, no, Beth, it's not It's not called that. It's not that one. Ugh. I mean, anytime you have, like, dinosaurs, arctic creatures, native cultures, it's usually stuff, like, it's just kind of a mixed thing for me. Like, there's going to be some things I like. I'm going to, I'm going to like some of the lore that comes out of it, some of the stories. Uh, and then there's other things that I'm just not going to care for. Mammoths, mostly. What do you got against mammoths? They're large Giant and fuzzy. animals. Infinitely Giant huggable. Elephants. They're wonderful. They could literally trample me to death. Fine. Mm. Well, why would you be enemies with one? Right. Same it. I just feel like it'd be really easy to be a mammoth's enemy. Could be wrong. <laughs> I feel but... like we've almost made friends with a mammoth before. Uh, different, one of our games. different game. Yeah. Different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was that. Game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, that's funny. Um. Yeah, I think it should be fun, but I'm also not, like, clamoring for it. Uh, Which kind of makes me sad, but you know what? There are some people who are super hyped for it, and those people are happy. And it's only 1 through 10, right? So it's not going to be a 6 adventure adventure path series. So we'll move on to something new. Mm -hmm. But we have a few things... To talk about before we talk about the next adventure path. And that is the Book of the Dead, which is coming out in March. Furious. It it's gonna be great. Like I'm just I'm not gonna pull any punches here. It's gonna be amazing. Uh it's a bunch of lore behind uh Geb and uh, all of the different undead creatures uh, and politics. You're going to be able to play a mummy. You're going to be able to play a skeleton. There's going to be alternate rules for evil campaigns. It's just, just, guys, trust me, it's going to be awesome. Play a lich, not a skeleton or a mummy. I love one of the questions that was pro- posed to, uh, I think it was Mark Seifer, but it could have been someone else. But they asked if uh, you get all of your wrappings removed as a mummy, do you then become a skeleton? Do you have a, an ancestry change? Well, technically, you become like a pile of dust. Yeah, I feel like it depends on how old you are. Yeah. Maybe. You no, know, that's true. You could be a somewhat fresh mummy. Which Yeah, really... like if you died five years ago and they've just mummified you, like there's no way you're skeleton. No. Like not yet. Hang on. 
I said you would have been beef jerky. <laughs> they they do preserve you really freaking well. So. well. Didn't you know that uh, back in like the 1800s, they used to eat mummies? They would have parties in uh, Britain and eat mummies. Oh, yeah, that's a real thing that happened. Yeah. Okay. That's not how COVID started? <laughs> what the heck? No. It's not how COVID started. Man. Hey, I think they were called mummy parties. Oh. I, I want everybody to know that they're... Bro. Mummy there unrolling is... parties. What? Man, I zone out for five seconds to look up this Wikipedia article on skeletonization. Uh, which is a real article that exists. Uh, it's the final stage of decomposition. And it takes three weeks to several years. But I will say that that's if you're not try- attempting to preserve the body. Yeah. Mm. So mummification would significantly increase those times. I guess it also depends on how good your mummification is. Like mm. how well they've done it. Like if you get your first time mummifiers, man, yeah. maybe maybe if you've been dead for five years, you are a skeleton now. Maybe it all depends on their skill, right? Yeah. Are you gonna? Ha- I that- feel like you should you should make a check for that at the beginning. Like that's part of character creation is you have to yeah. make a mummification check. Yeah. How good was were the people that yeah. uh, mummified you? Exactly. So then if you ever do get unwrapped, we'll know if you're a skeleton or a slightly rotting corpse. I don't know. Maybe I should put it in my will. I want to be mummified. Then we can find out. Yeah, we can bury you in a Bass Pro Shop. That is the most Missouri thing I've ever heard. Sorry, Beth's looking at me like I'm insane. As if, like, the third largest ba- like third largest pyramid in the world is not one of the pyramids in Egypt, but is a Bass Pro Shop. Hang on, let me look it up. Okay, I may be wrong about them eating it, though. Okay. I'm not finding that's, any sources that said they ate them. But they definitely unrolled them. Well, I mean, that's still it was not v- okay, but... Ugh. I mean, we are so off-topic. However, I really, I really want to see this mentioned in the Book of the Dead. I didn't know that I needed to see it in the Book of the Dead until now. But now I need to see this in the Book of the Dead. Them talking about unrolling parties. And then you unroll it and you find out it's still alive. Or I mean, it's undead, but (laughs) then you get F. Wait, it's been Jimmy this whole time. He's just been wrapped (laughs) up in toilet paper. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen you in Jimmy. A week. Uh, but yeah, so Book of the Dead is gonna be awesome. I predict it to be my favorite book of the year. But there's another one on the list that might take the cake. Also in March, seventh. It's it, the seventh this... largest pyramid. Bass Pro. Bass the Bass Pro Shop. Shop, seventh largest pyramid in the world. I don't know how to feel about the that. Fuck? <laughs> we should feel bad. That's how we should feel about it. Is it in oh, Missouri? Door of death? Tennessee. Dang it, Tennessee. All right, anyway, moving on. 
Next is the only exception to what I said earlier. So earlier I said there's no individual adventures, pocketbook editions, no tabletop resources, except for this one, because it is so cool. They are coming out with a deck of endless NPCs. So you just shuffle the deck and then draw an NPC. Hmm. It's going to no be more great. trying to make up your own stuff. Yeah, that I forget in two minutes. Yeah, that's fair. Especially when I try to do voices, I always forget what voice I've paired with a specific person. I've tried to write it down, and I always forget if I didn't oh, write it down. I feel like I would kind of like it if this deck came in, like, several, like, sections. So you split the deck out into several parts, and then, like, draw a card from each side so you get, like, mixed traits for different in- mm. for an NPC. Yeah, maybe. No, I, I, I like that. Here, here's here's the personality deck. Here's mm-hmm. the the physical appearance deck. Here's the voice deck. The career deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that could that was almost like a build an NPC deck. Yeah. Hey guys, did you meet this really pu- buff green haired guy who's a skater by night but runs an Italian restaurant by day? His name's Joe. Why is he not my friend? I need Joe to be my friend right now. I mean, that's fair. I did just describe a character from Skate the Infinity, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying is that, like, you know, that's a a build-your-own-NPC deck is... Fair. Boom. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really excited about seeing it in Fantasy Grounds. Because you know they'll... It might take them a while, uh, but they'll release it, and then I'll have like all of these NPCs that I can just pull. And if they have levels on them, which I do believe they will, mm, not necessarily, but I can start throwing these guys at you in Fist of the Ruby, Ruby Phoenix. Are they people we have to battle or just say hi to? Yeah. Yeah, oh. it'll be the competition. Oh. I thought they were just nice people we get to meet along the way. They were the friends we got to meet. I mean, no. No. No friends for you. Hmm. They have uh, goals, traits, and secret agendas. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I didn't see too. anything about like actual stats. So I'm not sure if it's going to have that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about it. I think it'll be fun. So it has 104 NPC cards. And... Of all different ancestries pulled from core rulebook, advanced player's guide, and your favorite, the character guide. So, but not the ancestry guide? Hmm, that's weird. That's sad. It's the character guide, not the ancestry guide. Oh, well. Still, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah. So that's for March. Then we're moving on to April. And April. We've got three releases, but one of them is a re-release. So they're taking Abomination Vaults and compacting it into one hardback cover book. So they're going to be releasing that in April, which could be fun uh, for those of you guys who really like Abomination Vaults. Uh, And then Knights of Last Wall, which I will have to say is the other one that I know woefully little about 
so last wall is the uh, area around the Whispering Tyrants domain in Isle of Protos, I think. Don't quote me on that, everybody. Uh, so these are the people who have been fighting the Whispering Tyrant for years and years and years. And it's just not my favorite tale. Uh, I know that the Whispering Tyrant had a big uh, hand in the transition between 1st and 2nd edition, story-wise. But it's just not something that I've been super into. It'll be fine. I'm sure I'll really like it. The cover is great. There's this really awesome looking like battle warrior uh with like blonde hair and covered in dust and blood and she's uh cleaning off her sword uh from like this black grime from killing a zombie and i want to be her best friend i mean i really like it so, I mean, cover art looks amazing. So I'm sure when it comes out, it'll be really nice. It'll definitely come out with, like, art types, uh, equipment, that kind of stuff. So it'll be fun. And then the other release for April is Outlaws of Alkenstar. Now, they've announced this, but they don't have a product page for it yet. That's going to be the... 1 through 10 adventure after Quest for the Frozen Flame. And I almost said Quest for the Frozen Throne again. <laughs> Maybe they should just make those flames into a throne, you know? Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's copyright infringement. Not if you don't say the actual words. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe we should just change it to, like, Flame Throne or Flamethrower. <laughs> The frozen royal chair. <laughs> frozen royal chair, like that. Uh, so Outlaws of Alkenstar is a 1 through 10 adventure, high technology, if I do believe correctly, low magic. Or magic doesn't always work properly. Alkenstar is kind of a fun setting. So that'll be really interesting to see. Uh, we don't know a lot of details. Obviously, we won't get the player's guide for a couple months. It's high tech, right? So, you know, we're looking at inventors and gunslingers and that kind of thing. So, again, not my jam, but it does look cute. And the art that they showed, I think it was during Gen Con last year, uh, 2021, was really cute for it. So, and it had the inventor, which the inventor is adorable. So, I think it'll be fun, but... I don't I don't know if I'm going to run that one or not. We'll have to wait and see. And then finally the last thing that has been announced for 2022 is the Dark Archive. I don't think there's a product page for this yet. This Let me just double really check. Cool, so I'm already into it. So the Dark I- Archive is definitely going to be awesome. It's focused on the occult. Uh, we know that there are going to be two more classes. The playtest is go- or just ended recently. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I think last month. The Psychic and the Thaumaturge. And the Thaumaturge is not a casting class, and that's going to be interesting. It's going to be an items class. Very, very excited. Uh, Dark Eye Archive might be my favorite of the year for 2022. But honestly, Book of the Dead is going to be pretty awesome. So the Thaumaturge sounds... It's Wasn't it like a, a monster hunter sort of class? Mm-hmm. Based around yeah. The, it sounds a lot like... Kind of like the Witcher. Like, mm-hmm. goes around creating a bunch of potions to basically make themselves upper or whatever to go out and attack. The product page uh, gives a lot of detail. I was, I was like, looking at the product page because it gives you, like, an overview of what the book's going to be. But, of course, it also shows you cover art if they have it released. And the cover art looks so good. <laughs> looks like a Wes Anderson piece. Just Ooh. absolutely love it. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Tharmaturge is going to be pretty cool. The Iconic looks great. They're awesome. The Iconic for the Psychic looks amazing. Just really interested to see how they sort of evolve those characters Hmm. uh, and those classes. And I I think it's going to be a book that bards are going to love because it's going to have a bunch of occult stuff in it. And bards are already one of my favorite classes in Pathfinder right now. Bards are a good class. They really are. Uh, We're planning for, we're just finishing up our last first edition campaign. And I'm looking forward to, we're going to do Agents of Edgewatch next. And I'm going through revisions of that. And I've got two players who might be wanting to do Bard. I was like, look, we can have two Bards. But I feel like we only need one. No. Just because that's a lot of Bard. I'll be honest. It's a lot of Bard. So it's a lot of Bard. One Bard is already a lot of Bard. (laughs) If you play the bard right. Exactly. Well, good luck with that, Beth. Yeah, I know, right? They're an eccentric bunch. But, uh, yeah. That's all that's coming. That's all that's been announced. I may have missed a couple of things. Please tweet at me. Tell me what an awful GM I am for for missing uh, whatever I missed. Don't do that. I'll fight you. Beth is an... (laughs) Delight. We will hunt you down. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm fine with people tweeting at me. I opened my DMs the other day because I was starting a fight on Twitter, and let me tell you, may have been a mistake. Yikes! Only open your DMs if you are prepared. I don't have enough of a following that that's a problem. I uh, use my DMs to send my friends funny tweets. I didn't think I did either. I've got like 30 followers and yet here we are. I mean, I guess if you if you tweet about hot topics like Paizo's union, yeah. then people won't necessarily follow you, but you'll show up on their stuff anyway. So yep. I just tweet about like my Wordle score and how my brain works funny. Okay. I know we're trying to wrap up this episode, but what's Wordle? So the emojis don't make any sense, right? Unless you know what's going on. It's a word game. There's one per day. And you're trying to guess a five-letter word and you have six choices. 
you have six, sorry, not choices, attempts. And so you type in a five letter word and it'll tell you if any of those letters are in the right spot or if they're in the word, but they're in the wrong spot. Ah. And so then you have to guess, try to guess what the word is. Yeah. I have a friend in addition to you who posts about this every day. Mm -hmm. And I was very confused at his Twitter. And then you started doing it. And I was like, I don't understand Twitter, guys. I was also confused, which is why I started doing it. And now it's just like a fun one word puzzle a day thing. I'll have to give it a shot. I'm very bad at word puzzles. That's the dyslexia in me. Mm. Just kind of happens. Cool. Well, guys, that's a look at the year behind us and the year ahead. Got any final thoughts? I just hope that uh, Book of the Dead and Dark Archives uh, deliver on the magic. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee Book of the Dead does. I'm really hoping for some lich uh, rituals. Some lich rituals? I knew you were going for that. I knew that was going to go over there. I hate it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for them. I think it'll be a good core rulebook year. What else? PaizoCon is coming up. I think they're going to do another online. I haven't looked into it too much yet, so don't quote me if I'm wrong. But I think they're doing another Paizo online. And really looking forward to that. I had so much fun with that last year, watching all the panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it. I think it'll be hopefully another good year. Um, look, can't wait to see the stuff that the union comes out with. I know that they're, you know, really, really busy right now. So mm-hmm. super excited for that. I know for us, talking about, I guess, for 2022 podcast uh we're behind on classes guys we've got four classes that we have to review so that's first on the agenda for 2022 uh we finally are gonna talk about the summoner yeah but then i want to revisit b series three and lots of things on the horizon so give us your feedback definitely give us an email Hit us up on Twitter. Our DMs are open. Yeah, true. We haven't learned our <laughs> lesson yet. Nope, not yet. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Hit us up. We want to hear your opinion of the releases coming out in 2022, what happened in 2021, and what you'd like to see from us in the future. But other than that, Dad, take us out. I think I need to. I think you just did pretty well. You summed it all up pretty well. Kind of did. So, uh, just taking over your job, Chad. Congratulations. Yeah, wow. God, I can finally just lay back and not do anything. Wait, that's <laughs> what I already do. Oh, shoot. Oh, well. So anyway, dice don't die. <laughs> <laughs> We're ending it right there. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> no response from that. <laughs> no, it no. Just, Dice oh, okay. don't die. Thanks for listening to Dice Don't Die. Hey, if you like what we do, please visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram 
at dice don't die or email us at dice don't die pod at gmail.com the intro and outro song crunk night were created by kevin mcleod more of his work and the work of many others can be found royalty free at filmmusic.io thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next adventure